I've been using the Sony a7C for over two years now, and Sony have just released their brand new a7C 2 and a7CR cameras. So I want to give my perspective as a long-term a7C user on the features, the price, and who these cameras might be for and best suited to. So without further ado, let's crack on with this episode of Tech Focus, and let's get into it. start i've basically watched a load of different videos by the creators that have already got hands on with these cameras so i'm trying to collate my thoughts of the interesting things i spotted from each of those videos and talking about the features that these cameras have as well jumping in i'm going to talk about the features that the a7c mark ii has first and then i'm going to cover any features that are different between the a7c mark ii and a7c r so jumping onto sony's website First of all, we can see that the A7C Mark II gets the 33 megapixel sensor that was already introduced into the A7 IV. And this is a fantastic sensor for things like low light and just the fact it's got an increased resolution from the original A7C's 24 megapixel sensor. So this is gonna be great for photos and increasing that resolution. And it also brings a lot of benefits for video as well, such as higher oversampling of your 4K video, for example. You also get the new Bions XR uh, dual processors, which is going to be just increasing the processing power that you've got on the A7C uh, Mark II. And these are also the same in the A7C R as well. You get this brand new processor. The AI processing unit is something that gets included in the A7C Mark II. And this basically brings some really advanced AI uh, autofocus features. Sony are calling it AI. I'm not sure how it really works if it's actually AI, but um, this is a really nice addition. And we've already seen that it's a really fantastic system from the results from the A7R Mark V, for example. And this is another thing that is included in the A7CR as well, the AI processing unit for autofocus. So moving on, you get to actually pick between different raw image sizes and qualities, which is something you can, you didn't have this much flexibility over within the A7C. So you can choose between uncompressed, compressed, and lossless compressed, but in different sizes and formats. With the A7C Mark II, you have the ability to actually input your LUTs into the camera and view what your footage is going to look like if you're shooting an S-Log3, for example, with the LUT already applied. This is going to be really useful so you can get more of an idea of what your final image is going to look like by seeing that within the camera. Really nice addition, something you can't do already with the A7C. Another nice addition to the features of the A7C Mark II that we get is 10-bit 422 video encoding. So the original A7C was limited to 8-bit recording. So if you're trying to shoot an S-Log3, for example, and trying to color grade relatively heavily, it just wouldn't work. It would fall apart pretty quickly. So I kind of stuck to light grades on the A7C. But with A7C Mark II, you're going to be able to push the colors around a lot more and be a mo lot more flexible with your color grades and get yourself that really nice creative look. So that's going to be really nice for editing and in video. You'll get access to Sony's S Cinetone picture profile, which is basically a picture profile that's designed to emulate Sony's Venice cinema cameras. So it's a really nice looking picture profile for getting nice colors and a nice look straight out of camera. As I mentioned before, the AI processor that's built into the A7C Mark II gives you a lot more functionality when it comes to autofocus. So this includes the things that we've seen in the A7R5, which is things like uh, animal, bird, insect, car, train, and airplane recognition, all these different things. And this tends to work really well. I think it also has this human pose estimation as well, 
which allows you to track someone when they even when they turn their back to you it will still track that person and anticipate when they turn around where their eye is going to be so things like that can just mean that you shouldn't really ever miss a shot for it being out of focus with this camera with the original a7c we got 4k video that was down sample from 6k which in my opinion was extremely sharp and it looks really good we're filming on it right now right here but with the a7c mark ii you get 4k that is down sampled from 7k using the full pixel readout of the sensor which is gonna look really nice we know we've already seen this in the a7 IV, so we know what to expect but it's even sharper than the a7c which i think was already a really good standard with this, you also get um, 4K60 um, for the first time since the A7C. So the 4K60 uh, is in a Super 35 crop, but I think that's fine. I think for my workflow, if I was using the A7C Mark II, uh, 1.5 times crop in 4K60 wouldn't bother me because I'd usually be shooting slow-mo B-roll shots of products, for example, or you know I wouldn't be shooting like talking heads, so it wouldn't be a massive deal if I changed from you know a full frame to a 1.5 times crop it's just nice to have the option to shoot 4k 60 now that we have this brand new a7c mark ii there's a few software features that we've seen before in previous sony cameras that are now included in the a7c mark ii and it's nice to see them here as well stuff like focus breathing compensation for uh, you know lenses that are prone to breathing and it's got ai based auto framing for video as well which is something that i think was first introduced in the zve1 and is something that could be really useful for solo creators it's also got the um, focus map feature from that was first introduced in the a7 IV it's kind of an alternative to focus peaking you know a way to full pull manual focus really easily and see where your plane of focus is compared to focus peaking which can sometimes be a bit difficult to see on the small screen of the a7c and now the a7c mark ii so really good to see that included in here as well we're getting a couple of really good improvements in terms of stabilization with the a7c mark ii so we are actually getting a better ibis system so it's going to be seven seven step ibis system over the five step ibis system of the a7c and i think the a7c was a bit lackluster in its ibis it wasn't the best ibis and it also didn't have support for active stabilization which i think was first introduced in the a7s3 so it, the a7c2 now has support for active stabilization which is going to give you the added kind of hybrid digital and physical uh, stabilization to give you that really smooth footage and just gives you that extra option even if you don't want to use it in most cases you have got the option if you want to get a really smooth handheld shot additionally with that you obviously have access to gyro stabilization through software like catalyst browse to add even more stabilization to your footage if you want to so tons of stabilization options so you possibly don't even need to use a gimbal with this camera if you don't want to you can probably get really smooth handheld shots which is something that's really exciting for video creators and especially if you want to travel light and you're a travel photographer or videographer this is going to be a really helpful feature within there the a7c mark ii can do continuous still shooting up to 10 frames per second and that's in both mechanical and electronic shutter and one of the things that I wasn't a big fan of in the A7C and most creators weren't a big fan of the A7C was the EVF, so the viewfinder. And unfortunately, we have the same resolution viewfinder with an A7C Mark II, but it has a 0.7 magnification factor over the 0.59 times magnification factor on the A7C. So what this means is that the image, when you look through the viewfinder, it should appear closer and larger so it should be easier to you know find manual focus and see the details in your image technically 
we'll see how that is in practice but it's good to at least see some sort of improvement with the viewfinder and hopefully that magnification factor makes a big difference in terms of physical controls on the a7c mark ii these are really nicely improved even though you've got a very similar kind of body design so for example you have this uh, switch that allows you to switch between photo video and slow and quick modes so that you can differentiate the settings between each one of those modes if you want to and that's a really nice feature and something that really annoyed me about the a7c so it's good to see that we're getting that feature which i, I think was first introduced on the a7 IV. really good to see that and you also get uh, an extra custom button on the a7c mark ii which is just next to the menu button on the back of the camera which is a really good feature to see as well because it just adds an extra bit of functionality and you can customize what that button does so you've got c1 and c2 now rather than just the uh, c1 button which is on the trash can on here so really nice to see and you also get touch functionality full touch functionality that has been introduced um, in previous cameras as well such as i think it's basically the exact same layout and system as the a6700 which looks like their best implementation of the touch features yet so i'm really pleased that they've implemented this into the a7c mark ii and i'm sure that'll make it a lot easier to use than the a7c was where you basically didn't have any touch functionality apart from touching to focus one of my biggest gripes about the original a7c was its pretty poor quality screen and resolution screen so in this one it, the a7c had a 926,000 dot screen whereas this one has a slightly improved resolution of 103 million dots i think this is the same resolution as and the same screen as you get on the a7 IV and while the resolution isn't that increased that wasn't really a big issue for me in terms of resolution it was more the dynamic range of the screen and the color reproduction so colors often looked a little bit strange on the a7c screen and you couldn't usually tell if you're blown out or not because the highlights always looked like they were clipping then when you put that footage onto your computer for example to review it it looked totally fine and properly exposed so it's quite difficult to judge your exposure on the a7c screen without actually using assistive features like exposure metering for example which most people should be using but it's good to have a screen that actually represents what you're actually filming so i'm hoping that the a7c mark ii screen is a bit improved however in the petapixel video that i watched recently they kind of said it's still not a great screen so not ideal but again they are professionals that are used to looking at loads of different cameras with excellent screens so i'm more comparing what the difference is between the a7c and the a7c mark ii so we'll have to wait and see with that as well but it's good to see that they've at least made an improvement to the screen and they're not just using or recycling the same screen from the a7c mark or the a7c mark one sorry so moving on to the last couple of things on the a7c mark ii now and the first thing here is that you now have the function to when you power off the a7c mark ii you can have it so the shutter stays down on the camera over the sensor which is just a nice quality of life feature because it allows you to change lenses without getting dust in the sensor and just protects the sensor when you aren't using the camera so i think this is a really nice feature it's just a quality of life feature something they introduced in the a7 IV and something i'm really happy to see in the a7c mark ii the last thing here is that they've slightly improved the uh, usb streaming quality so so the usb streaming now supports 4k at 30 frames per second whereas in the a7c it only supported 4k at 15 frames per second so again another quality of life improvement and it allows you to actually reasonably use 4k uh, while you're streaming with 
you know, Zoom, Teams, etc., and it'll look a lot better than just using the 1080p feature because 15 frames per second wasn't really ideal. So now you can use 30 frames per second. That's an actually usable feature now, which is great. So Matty Aboya's video on the A7C Mark II and A7R actually demonstrates the quality of their stabilization. So I'm just going to play this over just now, and you can see um, Matty's kind of visual representation of the stabilization here and how it's improved. It looks really good. It looks really stable to my eyes. And the fact you've got active stabilization and have the active stabilization available to you is going to be really nice. But even the standard stabilization already looks better than the A7C did. In terms of the ergonomics, the A7C Mark II and the A7CR both have an improved grip size over the A7C. It's a slightly deeper grip. And you can see this in this frame from the Petapixel video showing that the grip is slightly bigger, which is really nice to see. I didn't find the A7C's grip too bad, but it could have been improved. And I'm glad to see they've improved this as well. It'll just make the ergonomics of the camera a little bit better as well. One key thing that I forgot to mention about the A7C Mark II and the A7R is that they both have a front dial now where the A7C didn't have one. So you on the A7C, you didn't have the ability to change your exposure, ISO and aperture all with physical dials on your camera. And now you do, you have a dial on the front, a dial on the back, and also the circle dial for your thumb to actually change between ISO, for example. So now you have the ability to change the whole exposure triangle using physical dials, which is just gonna make your actual process of changing those functions a lot easier, which is nice to see. And it'll make the functionality of the camera a lot easier, I think. So moving on to the A7CR, there are a few differences between the two cameras. In terms of the actual body itself, there really aren't many differences at all, but it's more the internals that have changed in terms of how these cameras work. So, so probably the main difference is the fact that the A7R actually features a 61 megapixel sensor, which is taken directly from the A7R Mark V. So this is the same sensor, it's an extremely high resolution sensor, and this is clearly showing that this camera is designed more for photographers who are possibly verging on professional, maybe more kind of enthusiast photographers who really need that higher resolution because they're maybe going to be printing out their photos. And it's going to be excellent for things like landscape photos where you need a higher resolution to see all the detail. Another feature that is on the A7CR that isn't on the A7C Mark II is called pixel shift multi-shooting. And this is basically a 16 image composite that moves the sensor very, very slightly for every photo and comes out with a 240 million pixel or 240 megapixel image. So this would be crazy and really good for, again, landscapes where you really want a load of detail in the image and the ability to really crop in on the uh, image as well. And from some of the review videos I've seen, it seems to actually work relatively well with moving subjects, which is something that I thought would be quite an issue with this. But as long as something isn't going completely across the screen while you're shooting it, you should be okay in terms of shooting moving subjects with this. So another really cool feature from the A7CR that isn't featured in the A7C Mark II is quite a niche feature. Again, this is focusing on photography uh, rather than the video side of things where the A7C Mark II seems to be more geared towards video shooters. So there are quite a few subtle differences in how the A7CR and the A7C Mark II capture their 4K video. So they can both shoot up to 4K 60p but it's different in how they actually capture that video. So the A7CR captures 4K 60p, for example, with a 1.2 times crop and it actually pixel bins or line skips to achieve that basically because it's such a high resolution sensor. But what that means is you actually end up with 
lower quality 4K video from the A7CR than you do from the A7C2. And then when you go to, down to 4K30 or 4K25, you can either use a line skipped or pixel bend mode on the A7CR, or you can crop into Super 35 mode and use the, the kind of full pixel readout, which gives you 6.2K oversampled video. So if you do that, then you actually end up with lower quality um, video than the A7C Mark II, which downsamples from, or oversamples, sorry, from 7K rather than 6.2K. Additionally, with the 4K 60p, with the A7C Mark II, you only get it in Super 35 mode, but this allows you to still oversample from 4.6K for the A7C Mark II. So overall, I think what this means is that you'll tend to get lower quality video out of the uh, A7CR. This will relatively be neg negligible, but I think if you're comparing both of the cameras directly to each other, you are just generally going to get objectively better quality video out of the A7C Mark II. It's not meaning that the A7CR is a bad video camera, it's just not quite going to be as good as the A7C Mark II. So if you're focused on video, A7C Mark II might be the way to go. So the A7CR actually comes with a grip extender within the box, which is quite a nice feature. And if we go onto this page here, we can see it in more detail. And you can see that it extends the kind of vertical footprint of the grip of the A7CR. So it'll just make it more comfortable for you if you are holding larger lenses. And I think Sony are expecting people to use larger lenses probably more on the A7CR than people who'd be using the A7C2, for example, if they're creating video, they might not want a huge lens on. Whereas someone might be going out with the A7CR to shoot, you know, long range wildlife photography, for example, where they might need a really long 600 millimeter lens, for example. So I think that's why they've included the grip extender in the box with the A7CR. However, you do get the option to buy the grip extender with the A7C Mark II, and um, it will cost $160. So that's quite a lot of money to add on to what you're already paying for these cameras, um, but you get it for free with the A7CR, which is a nice touch. So other than the features that we've already discussed, there are a few other features that I want to highlight as well. So both of these cameras have a single UHS-2 SD card slot. So that's no upgrade from the A7C, the original A7C, and it's not going to suit you if you need redundant recording or dual card slots for whatever reason. So if you're shooting professionally, this just might not be the camera for you. But if you're okay with a single UHS-2 SD card slot, then you might be okay with this camera. I personally, that doesn't uh, matter for me, so um, totally fine. There's also a uh, rolling shutter performance. So I'm just gonna show you Mark Bennett's Camera Crisis is one of the um, really good channels I follow as well, that he actually did some tests on the rolling shutter for the A7C Mark II and the A7C-R. And as you can see here, the A7C Mark II, it has the rolling shutter performance of the A7 IV. And we already knew that the A7 IV didn't really have that good rolling shutter performance. So you're gonna get the same performance out of the A7C Mark II as it is the same sensor. With the A7C-R, as it is such a high resolution sensor, in those modes where it oversamples, so the, uh, you know, the Super 35 mode where it oversamples from 6.2K, for example, you get higher rolling shutter. However, in the modes where you are pixel binning or, um, you know, line skipping, you get better rolling shutter performance because it's not using as much of the sensor, basically, so, or as much information from the sensor, so it can read off it a lot quicker. So finally, in talking about these cameras, we have to talk about the price. So the A7C Mark II is going to be going for $2,200 in the US and £2,100 in the UK, and that's for the body-only version. 
to get a kit lens which is going to be the 24 to 60 millimeter f4 to 5.6 kit lens which is the same one you got with the a7c you'll be set back $2,500 and £2,350 in the UK for the a7c mark ii as far as I'm aware you can't get the a7c r with a kit lens so it only goes body only because Sony are expecting you to either already have lenses to use with this camera or expecting you to buy some high-end lenses to use with this camera to make the most of that high resolution you've got. The A7C-R is going to be going for $3,000 in the US and £3,200 for the body-only version in the UK. These are cheaper versions of the cameras that they have been kind of inspired by, so the A7 IV and the A7R5, and they've been pared down slightly with, you know, miss some missing features from the A7R Mark V and the A7 IV, for example, but they're coming in at pretty good price points in my opinion for what you're going to be getting so i'd love to hear what you think about the price points and what you think of these cameras in general but there are some other key points that i want to make here so the a7c is now a great entry level full frame camera with some really crazy price reductions i've seen it as low as you know 1400 pounds in the uk which is the same price as the a6700 actually less than a6700 in the uk so it might be a good time to be buying the a7c if you want to you know invest in your first full frame camera you don't want to invest something like two thousand or over two thousand dollars but you're interested in getting into full frame the a7c is still a really great camera in its own right and that comes from experience i still really enjoy using my a7c and i'm not going to be buying the a7c mark ii right away Firstly, because I can't afford it right now because I'm saving for a wedding, which is all really exciting. But two, because I don't think I actually really need this right now. The A7C is still meeting my needs. The added features that the A7C2 offers are honestly really nice to see. And I'm really looking forward to get my hands on the A7C Mark II at some point. But right now, I don't think I need it. I'd be really interested to hear if you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this on the audio version of the podcast. If you also have the A7C and if you feel like you need to upgrade right away to the A7C Mark II or if you think the A7C is still meeting your needs, let me know that in the comments on the YouTube video if you are in the same position as me. Next, we have overheating. And this is a topic that has to come up with every camera because it seems to just be an issue that crops up, especially, you know, Sony cameras such as the A6700, which has been marred by some pretty severe overheating issues from what I've seen on around YouTube. But overheating doesn't seem to be an issue based on the videos I've watched. A lot of the content creators have done some quite hefty tests on these cameras, the A7C Mark II and the A7C-R, and neither of them seem to have real issues with overheating. These were tested mainly in kind of room temperature settings, so it remains to be seen if the, you know, A7C Mark II and A7C-R are going to overheat in hotter environments. But I think for, you know, someone like me who's shooting in the UK, it's never going to get that hot that these cameras are going to overheat. I tend to be fine even with something like the ZV-E10, which I'm shooting on right here, that doesn't tend to overheat. I've never actually had it overheat. And I'm shooting it in just kind of room temperature setting as well. So I don't think in my situation, overheating is going to be an issue with the A7C Mark II. But if you are in a hotter climate, I definitely recommend waiting to see some more testing in hotter environments, you know, on YouTube or by content creators before you decide to actually go ahead and buy the camera because that could be a real deal breaker for you. Okay, so lastly, who should actually buy these cameras? So I've got some different scenarios here. If you're looking to go up to full frame for the first time, you know, you've been shooting on APS-C or Micro Four Thirds and you have a bit more money to spend, then 
I would get the A7C Mark II. It is a big jump on the A7C and it's definitely a worthy upgrade. Um, so I would spend the extra money and actually go for the A7C Mark II if you are in that situation. But I would hold off until you know, more creators have done some more overheating tests in hotter environments if you are you know, actually from somewhere with a hotter environment than somewhere like the UK. If you're looking to go into professional photography though and you particularly need a compact system, then the A7C-R looks like a really great option. It has that kind of headroom in terms of that really high resolution, really good quality sensor for someone who's going to be you know, expanding into photography in the future. A really nice camera for that photography option. However, if you're particularly interested in video, I would absolutely go for the A7C Mark II and save yourself some money. Uh, the A7C-R actively looks worse for video just objectively and i'd argue it's a far worse hybrid camera the a7c mark ii so if you're specifically a hybrid shooter who shoots photo and video a lot then i would definitely go for the a7c mark ii because you get the best of both worlds with still a really good quality sensor and a 33 megapixel sensor from the a7 IV, but also really good and solid video quality as well. If you really require dual card slots for your workflow, then you'd probably be better considering something like the a7 IV or the a7R5 instead, because you just won't get that from the a7C Mark II or the a7C R. And if you don't care about full frame at all, then save yourself some money and go for the a6700 or possibly consider getting the original A7C if you're not that bothered about the new features that are in the A7C Mark II. So a lot of different scenarios there, but hopefully that fits, one of them fits you and it helps you make a buying decision on whether you want to go for the A7C Mark II or the A7C-R. Hopefully my thoughts were helpful for you, but I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on these two cameras and if you're considering buying them or if you're gonna give them a miss even. So thanks very much for watching this episode of the Tech Focus podcast and I will absolutely catch you guys in the next one. Cheers.